0: Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ice Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangible Network. Check it out. TangibleNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3,
2: 2, 1.
0: On this week's episode, we're talking the best and worst in movies for 2017. What has happened to The Last Jedi, and how its performance will affect the upcoming solo movie, And what's gone on in esports this year? All this and more as we reach our next stop the PCC Multiverse.
2: Don't be alarmed. The quasi shimmering light before you is a trans dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome
0: to the PCC Multiverse. Hello everyone, and we're back for another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you checking back in with us as we continue to round up the best of 2017 And who here to do it with me once again? He's back in the saddle. He is the man behind Humanica Media. It's Josh Peterson. What's going on, my friend?
3: I am avalanching into the end of 2017 with more grace than a bull in a china shop.
0: You are definitely snowballing it right down the mountainside because you've got a lot of podcasts that you've been able to still release this week. And then also as well, you've got more on the way. I know that for a fact because Topic Apocalypse is still coming back around again. The Super B.S. Gamescast and all that great stuff indeed. So you got to check it out on all the awesome Humanica Media channels. And in fact, later on in the episode, Josh is going to give you an update on what exactly is going on in his world as well. We're going to be talking The Last Jedi as far as its performance. Also as well, our thoughts on the best and worst in 2017 when it comes to movies. And also, Christian Zamudio from out Cold Gaming, he's gonna be stopping by. He is our man to know when it comes to esports. He's gonna be talking the best that he saw and observed in esports this year. So definitely wanna check that out. We're gonna have a great program, but I'll tell you what, Josh, The Last Jedi, I mean, I guess when you consider all things in perspective here, the fact that at this point in time, when we're recording this, that it's earned 900 million dollars worldwide to the box office. I guess you can't really be that mad at it. It's obviously going to outsurpass Rogue One, but it's not going to. It's actually not going to come anywhere near what it looks like. It's not going to come anywhere near what The Force Awakens has done. So I ask you, Josh, right offhand the performance of The Last Jedi, especially domestically is substantially down. Do you think either the word of mouth, social media backlash or anything else from that nature has, has caused this as far as the numbers are concerned or is it something deeper? Like let's say it's just the excitement over The Force Awakens originally in 2015.
3: Yeah, they're probably seeing the stuff on Facebook and reading the news articles. And when you have, even this, like one of the stars of the movie, when you have uh, Mark Hamill come out and say that he was not too pleased with Rian Johnson's vision for his character, it kind of doesn't speak good things. I know he kind of got coaxed into an apology earlier this week, but... I, you know, I don't think it's it's a bad sign for the movie. I, the Force Awakens is uh, people kind of went out with a high and they're probably reading the bad publicity or whatever and not wanting to ruin their expectations. But they'll probably watch it still. They'll probably wait till it comes out on digital or Blu-ray or Redbox or whatever and they'll check it out there. But I know we, we we're predicting that The Last Jedi would catch up to The Force Awakens. But, you know, after watching it, I'm kind of glad that it's not...
0: Well, I still think it's gonna do very, very well. Obviously, when you're gonna talk about a movie that's gonna do between 1.3 and $1.6 billion, it still is going to be something that Disney obviously will be thanking themselves over. That's still something to look at, but it's also the declining and diminishing returns. And I don't think it's something that the people are burned out on when it comes to Star Wars. I think it's just the backlash because of what this movie has garnered, at least here domestically, I think that people are not giving it a second, third chance like they would with The Force Awakens. So a billion and a half dollars is still nothing to sneeze at. And obviously that's still very, very good for any picture that that comes out. And if you base it off of 2017 movies, it would be at this rate surpassing Beauty and a Beast as far as the number one film overall in 2017 when it hits the 1.3 billion mark, which it should make. So I I guess that's fine because it it, it will will most probably surpass $1 billion just around the beginning of the year. So definitely it looks like it's still going to get some strong numbers. But what I ask you this, it leads me in a bigger question in regards to the Han Solo film that's coming out. Well... It's scheduled to come out in late March. I have my doubts, but we just saw the first international, uh, I don't want to say photo, but the international poster, mock-up, drawing, painting, artist work for Solo. I want to ask you real quick. Do you think the backlash social media-wise and stuff that's going on with Rian Johnson's work in The Last Jedi will negatively or adversely affect the performance of solo or do you think if it gets any bad performance or bad bad money at the back box office it's because of the fact that it went through a lot of turmoil went on with the making of that movie
3: Uh we're getting a lot of star wars in a very short span of time probably the shortest you know we, we had a year we've had 12 months between each of the previous uh you know three star wars entries but now we're getting a lot of Star Wars in a very short span of time. And I think that with, like, the backlash from The Last Jedi, whether you want to call it backlash or not, people are getting kind of tired of it. It's kind of like when you go onto your news feed on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and you see a bunch of, like, political garbage up there. But, you know, people people are turning away from social media because of things like that. So I think that, you know, with, the, with all the backlash, you open up Yahoo, any type of uh, news site, and you're, you're just... You just have all these Star Wars articles thrown at you, so I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not counting on Han Solo being a bad movie. I'm excited to see it. Uh, it's kind of a different spin on the Star Wars universe, more of the, the outlaw side that we, we would like to see. You know, I think people just need time to come down from both the Last Jedi and the, the controversy surrounding it. By the time the movie comes out, I'm sure they'll be excited about it. But at the same time, you know, we've been. We've been marathoning the movies. We've been going back watching the shows and over again. So I think they just need some time to kind of uh, miss Star Wars.
0: I agree with you on that. I think that the fact that Disney has not shown a trailer yet for the movie, I think speaks volumes and that I think they're certainly contemplating and seeing the returns from The Last Jedi and certain, certainly contemplating a possible bump back for the solo film, maybe to a November or December release I think that's definitely still being talked about at Disney at this point in time. That's just my opinion, but I, I think the fact that we haven't seen a trailer yet for that movie, and we've already seen a trailer for The Nutcracker in November, we've already seen a trailer for, obviously, Infinity War coming up in May, but we've seen a Zippo for Solo coming up, well, at this point, scheduled in March leads me to believe that they're still kind of wavering on whether or not they should go ahead and release it so soon after the release of The Last Jedi, or should they bump it back a bit and be able to give it, like you said, some breathing time for people to maybe get that Star Wars mojo back again after what happened with The Last jedi whether or not they're they're angry or not for it i'm still very very excited for the film as well and we're going to talk about films we're excited for and movie projects and pop culture stuff that we're excited for coming out in 2018 on the sunday show what our most anticipated stuff is so we'll talk about that then but definitely han solo being my all-time favorite star wars character definitely looking forward to seeing how that plays out once it gets on the screen as well what are your thoughts on The Last Jedi and its declining numbers? Although, you know, when you look at it, I tell you what, I'm sure a lot of other movie studios would love those, quote unquote, declining numbers. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And just let us know as well if you think that's going to affect the solo movie, if it still stays out on a late March release. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, like we said, we've got a great episode coming up for you today. got Christian Zamudio standing by to talk the best in esports that happened this year, and also as well, Josh and I are going to be talking about the great things going on in film for 2017 and the not-so-great things with our best and worst. Plus, we'll also be talking as well regarding a major announcement made by the World Health Organization that looks to be imminent in regards to gaming as well. But first, we got my good friend, Warren Fernandez. He's got a great song that he wants you to listen to. And this is Foster City. And this is the PCC Multiverse.
2: Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment.
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind
2: of paradigm shift where... promoted and this is a thing where
0: audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos show
3: and the pcc multiverse every week on the podcast radio network and apple podcasts
0: and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options and we're back with the show this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today and as part of the best of 2017 series he is here again. He is our man in the know when it comes to eSports because eSports is rising faster than you know it, and it's time for you to get into it as well. It is Christian Zamudio. How are you, my friend?
4: Pretty good. You could say that eSports is uh, slam
0: dunk in its way into uh, it's a popularity. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. With the sports metaphor there, oh, my gosh. It is rising uh, still very much so in popularity I was reading some of the numbers yesterday in regards to uh, where esports is going visually. And I tell you, its I know we've talked about this before as far as how rapidly it's growing, but we're talking now literally about hundreds of millions of unique viewers tuning in to some form of esports over the course of 2017, whether it be through Twitch, whether it be through normal broadcast media, whether it be through YouTube or what have you, even Twitter, as I noted to you earlier this year, as far as watching eSports as well. So before we head into the best of 2017, tell me in your opinion, how well eSports has grown or has it grown in your mind in 2017?
4: Well, first off, it has grown a significant amount. The fact that a lot of these these popular and, and more endemic esports organizations are getting either getting bought out or getting a majority stake uh, purchase through either NBA teams or traditional sports teams, even even more so with some venture capitalists like that are who are more well known or have some sort of investment in uh, you know traditional sports. Also the fact that the fact that franchising is happening in in, in one uh, particular esport which is League of Legends the fact that there's an Overwatch League still being implemented and being built from the ground up there's more sustainability now like you have teams such as OpTic who have who have not only built their brand virally they've like they also have someone who owns a sports team backing them up and i think because of that alone numbers have, are gradually going to grow just out of like the curiosity of everything and not to mention just like you have your loyal fans and it, you see all these stories that are happening, right? I mean, that's the kind of like the focus with certain players. Like a combination a culmination of all, the thi- all these things are making uh, esports grow in a significant way this year.
0: Well, definitely. And you can see it actually from an American broadcast standpoint with Counter-Strike Global Offensive still Coming. being featured, very much so when it comes to TBS and the TNT, mm-hmm. the Turner, basically the Turner Networks uh they have been all over the place there you've also have rocket league also rising to prominence as a broadcast tv entity also as well and, and of course esbn is still continuing to show league of legends on occasion you know obviously to try and garner some big numbers there as well yeah. so definitely some some very good things standing out and evo obviously evo Took Twitch by storm uh, once again with a massive amount of viewers, and so definitely that's something to, to think of as well. It was a great year in 2017 for esports, but you got to tell me what stood out to you the most in 2017. I'll go
4: off with the first thing because I watched like quite a few, um, you know, world championships and like finals of different esports games. So I'll start off with like the one that kind of stood out to me the most. Now is uh, the League of Legends World Championship. So we had Baker's team, SKT, was it SKT T1 versus Samsung Galaxy, the other Korean team. Was, it was a Korean final. Like, I was no going say, there.
0: man, don't forget the Galaxy.
4: Oh, no, I was about to forget SKT Telecom T1. Ah, uh, okay. Just like that name sometimes is so like too long for its own good. But SKT Telecom was a huge favorite going into that final. Yeah, but I can definitely see that like their problems going there. There's a few games where really uh, Faker really tried to carry that team because everyone else is really doing poorly for whatever reason. From when I was seeing like it was Samsung Galaxy literally like rising to the occasion and not showing all you know all their strategies during the group stage and everything else. Like they really asserted their dominance throughout their entire uh, World Championship run because they were not the favorites to to win
0: because SK definitely every year seems to be the favorite and anybody who's behind Faker seems to be riding along his coattails. He reminds me a lot of of the LeBron James of eSports. He is just so very good at what he does. And like you said, it was up for the rest of his team to rise to the occasion because when you're in that spotlight and you're up against any of the top teams in, in League of Legends, you have to have more than just one player that can dominate the field and unfortunately, the other te- members of the team really didn't show up as expected, allowing Samsung to really take the floor and obviously end up taking the match and the world championships as well.
4: Yeah, and that was unfortunate because because they really tried to rely on their top laner Huni, who who has pretty much like imported it through throughout the different regions in, in these past few years, and he really like rose to to uh, to dominance in in the. EU uh, region on Fnatic, and then in the NA region on Immortals. But then, you know, all that changed when he went to to SKT, and he kind of struggled a the bit there. Y- including, like, the meta changes, like, y- you saw him play tanks when he was more uh, or less like a carry top laner, so, like, you really saw him kind of, like, show up sometimes, but then he was just barely like surviving in lane. You can kind of see that come to fruition when when, like, they lost like they did, the team's coach Kakona like, or... Yeah, it was Koma, sorry. Like, really gave them the opportunity to, to like, uh, dominate the early game with the really strange uh,
0: top-lane pick, but it didn't work out. Uh, no, it didn't, and the uh, Samsung Galaxy is reigning supreme in an area which, for the past few years, has been dominated by SKT. And it looks like SKT is going to have to go back to the drawing board, but I, I would suspect that come the next time around in the LOL World Championships that SKT will actually be the number one team yet again. I don't think Samsung Galaxy has quite enough to outsurpass Faker and the rest of his team for another time around, but we'll have to wait and see. Could it be a scenario like Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors where Cleveland had this great one-time victory but Golden State Warriors is going gonna, is gonna to be able to dominate the rest of the time. We'll definitely have to wait and see. That's my opinion, yeah. I think so. But it, like I said, I'm sure there's going to be some, again, as you noted, uh, there's going to be some team maneuvering around, and there's going to be some positional changes, I'm sure. A within, lot. Yeah, <laughs> within SKT. That seems to happen. Players get older, they get discarded, or if they don't pr- perform up to snuff, one thing I've noticed in esports is that they do not perform up to snuff very quickly. Teams just get rid of them like yesterday's garbage, just right away. And I I see a lot of turnover and changeover very quickly. And I suspect that will happen before SKT meets up with Samsung Galaxy or anyone else again in the League of Legends World Championships. But there's one other major major event we always talk about in 2017 when it comes to 2017 and all that that's evo (laughs) evo indeed the evo world championships and i know there was a big big upset in evo we had to talk about that it's definitely part of the best of 2017 which for me i think was really one of the highlights of the year when i watched it back on replay your yeah. thoughts on the Evo World Championships and what really stood out, including that big upset win again, which seems to be the theme for twenty seventeen, where because they, there were
4: more upsets. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, where the favorite again loses out on some big money.
4: Yeah, twenty seventeen is pretty much the theme of upsets all over the place. Because I want to also talk about Capcom Cup because we're going to talk about how Tokido ended up losing to pretty much someone who, who rose out of nowhere, and. We'll we'll go to uh, we'll allude to that and go from there in a minute here. Yeah, so with Evo, in particular with Street Fighter Five, obviously it was broadcasted by ESPN once again. Like the numbers were pretty much uh, on the money for, for it to show up um, again this year. And we had Punk in Grand Finals. He, he pretty much didn't didn't lose too many games to get there, but he was the favorite in order to win against a uh, longtime veteran Tokido. However, it's, it's the sort of thing where like Tokito activates a sort of part in him that kind of activates only in top eight, where he ends up upsetting so many, so many players and plays in such a, such a way that's extremely calculated. And with a character that's not seemingly like top tier, like Akuma as a character is not top tier. He's like high mid, the way he plays it is actually really good and speaks to kind of like the testament to how he plays as a player more methodical than anything but yeah punk just he you know like i i was seeing it like on on the espn broadcast and then also on twitch is just man he's he was devastated everyone like kind of consulted him afterward like to get, give him
0: support but he really put his heart out in it uh he did i mean and the, those are devastating losses when you're up there in front of a big huge audience like you noted and you don't perform up to to snuff and i did see it on twitch that's where i caught it yeah i saw it on twitch and i tell you what he was really just very distraught after obviously not being able to gain the victory and especially when he was the big favorite going in what extra thoughts he had on evo and of course the capcom cup all right so with evo
4: like, in general, like this year was full of upsets. So I was fortunate to watch most of the Grand Finals for every game. You had Armada in Smash, like, in the winning Melee. And, like, there was a little storyline going there where you finally bested Hungrybox and asserted dominance throughout the whole entire beginning. Like, first half of the year is just winning majors all over the place. You had that story going on. And later on at Smash Summit, Hungrybox won that so pretty much, a, it's a year of upsets. Favorites keep getting, like, you know, bested towards the end of the year. You also had Tekken. Like, something Tekken. That just seems, like, surprising. He had, I believe you had JDCR win the whole thing. At that point, like, for him, finally winning an EVO, finding, finally winning a championship was good. However, I do want to say it w- really wasn't enough because there was this tradition this sort of thing where EVO champions would eventually become Tekken global ch- uh, world champions. However, he wasn't it. He just lost
0: in group play. So uh, basically, he gave everything he had in Evo, and when it came to try to extend that beyond that to a world championship status, he couldn't actually quite meet up to that challenge. Yeah, but instead,
4: you had like a new uh, Tekken uh, global champion that was Kidons, or Kidans or Quds. He's like he's played for a very long time. He's like an old school veteran, like Tekken Five player, and then he stopped playing for maybe like five. 8 years or something. You know, he came back recently. And yeah, that was that final was amazing. All I have to say is the commentary on that is like top-notch for fighting games, I feel. It's a good mix of uh color commentary and analysis
0: commentary, just play-by-play stuff. So definitely want to check that out on either Twitch or YouTube. You can mm-hmm. pretty much basically look that up on a Google search and you can find out exactly how you can replay that because obviously indeed if that's, that's the case and you're going to get that mixture of what people like me are searching for in trying to get more into esports is that uh, the commentary that's easy to follow but also the, as well a commentary that's going to be equated enough for a general audience as well so definitely uh, that's something to look forward to indeed if you want to check that out as well but were there any other instances as far as capcom cup so I hope everyone who's like watching
4: or even like, yeah, even watching the uh, or even listening to to the podcast kind of remembers what I mentioned about upsets and Tokido not really having an upset of his own handed to him. So it happened earlier this month where Tokido was in grand finals in Capcom Cup against this totally seemingly unknown player in Menard. Menard sponsored by Rise Nation, who is basically is backed by, I believe it's an NBA player. Menard's from the Dominican Republic. So essentially, this virtually unknown player, he's been traveling to maybe a few events here and there. And he's been doing good in every major that he goes to. However, what's upsetting is that he he won against a player in Takido who had won using a character that is pretty much like either unexplored or low tier. Like I'd say he's like that character is pretty low tier, but it's kind of crazy everyone was questioning the legitimacy of the victory stating that that's, it's not real street fighter you know not real street fighter and it was just gimmicks that that won him that however i heavily disagree with that statement like it's just it's just that notion that people want to make excuses for for the person who lost who's seemingly their favorite it's kind of like the same thing uh, at the end of like a an nba final oh you know the cavaliers could have won um it's cuz team's too heavy, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just excuses. Yeah, but congrats to Menard. Like, he is a millionaire. Because I was able to look up all the, the currency conversion stats and everything that was being spread on
0: Twitter. Yeah, that man is rich. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the money that's being tossed around in esports, actually for the past two, three years, I've noted that it's almost like first, to me, it was like monopoly money that people were obviously banking on futures when it came to you know affording these huge salaries that they were banking on them on the future because the now wasn't exactly guaranteed as far as them getting back their return on investment. I'm and I'm talking about all these capital ventures and all these yeah. celebrities and all these sports teams that are actually buying into the esports. But now it looks like because the fact that esports is now being broadcast worldwide to hundreds of millions of viewers on Twitch, on YouTube, and like I said, on broadcasting cable television. It looks like now those investments are, for the most part, are starting to pay off. Well, definitely, Christian, it's been great having you on the program. But before we got to go, I want to hear more thoughts on OutCold gaming because on Samurai Chris on Twitter, that's how they can get a hold of you. That's how they can start following and tracking all the stuff that's going on in your life. But uh, you got to tell me more about OutCold. All right, all right. So, so
4: here's what's going on. <laughs> so I was contacted by like a former by a former esports like manager. It's just like a small esports team. He was looking to to really push that that brand forward and i'm like all right sure i'll be i'll be one of your players and i'll help you out so that's basically what's going on where it's like a small startup
0: so you can get in touch with mr christian zamudio right there at samurai chris on twitter you got to check out all the great stuff that he's doing indeed Yep. just
4: uh yeah keep keep up with me on twitter instagram twitch on even on even on facebook i have a page it's all on samurai chris yeah, if you want to know what I'm eating,
0: I mean, it's going to be there. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm okay with it. I just follow you <laughs> when you talk about esports on there. I see your messages on there about esports, and that that, that I tune into. You. What you're eating, uh, I don't need the food pictures. I, I get enough of that already. <laughs> <laughs> just one more. Uh, if you get too many, just one more. One more won't kill you. <laughs> one more. Okay, fine. That's, as long as it could maybe Italian or Mexican dish. Oh, there you go. All right. All right, indeed. Christian, it's been great having you on the show today. We truly appreciate you you sharing with us the best in esports in 2017 and your hopes for next year as well. Definitely look forward to having you back right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos.
2: If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming. Retro City Games,
0: and we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. As we look forward to returning to the Podcast Radio Network sometime in January, so if you listen to us there and you want to tune back to us, just want to let you know the Podcast Radio Network made announcement this week that they are returning to the airwaves. So that's definitely a great sign, indeed. And as the number three show with the PCC Multiverse, the number one show with the Pop Culture Cosmos, our Monday show, and then also as well, the Attack of the Humanicans, which is a definite top 10 program as well. We're definitely looking forward to being back on the air with that channel. If you still like going forward to download us, you can always download us on Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, Podchaser, the Tangible Network, Gunna Geek, and so many other channels. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with Humanecon Media, which I mentioned earlier, with Topic Ocalypse and all the stuff going on. So yes, give me the the full update. What's going on with Humanecon Media? There's a lot going on at
3: Humanecon Media. We have a we've been cutting Topic episodes. Uh, we're now on Podbean. You can download there if you that's your preferred method. And Pod uh, Topic is now available on Stitcher and Google Play. You know we're gonna have a new episode. We're recording a new episode tonight and we have another one scheduled for Tuesday. And if you haven't already you can catch the latest episode of What About This, which came came out a few weeks ago. And also a special Christmas episode which came out last week. And the Super BS will return not this week but next week. And then uh, you know we're still working on a couple new things, but just trying to get people motivated.
0: But it's great to hear all the 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 awesome things that you can see in here on the and Media channels, on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, podcast.com, and YouTube as well. So Josh, I know you wanted to talk about this. It's the World Health Organization, which obviously still garners a lot of respect around the world in regards to what they take seriously when it comes to health matters. They look like in 2018 are going to most likely announce that video gaming, it, can be considered if done at immeasurably as far as way too much, you become addictive. It can become a a a health disorder. So I ask you, if it does indeed get recognized by the World Health Organization as a disorder, what do you think that does as far as the gaming community, or what do you think that does as a as in bringing the the problem and eventual issue of gaming disorders what what do you think that does as far as bring it to light as a serious problem for us as a as a gaming community
3: first i think it shows more that the game developers are doing their jobs very well second i would like to see you the context of this um you know whatever research they have is it Is it mobile gaming? Is it, uh, is it console gaming, PC gaming? Is it parents who are just giving their kids iPads and telling them to go into the room, Xboxes or whatever it is, is it the product of bad parenting or is it really a complete lack of self control? Because, you know, we, we've been playing video games for years and like, yeah, we love them. If it's a good game, we could sit there and play it for, you know, four or five hours in one sitting, uh, you know, guitar hero, probably eight hours, but you know, we know when to stop and we we don't, you know, we have that mechanism in our brain saying, hey, we need to get up and go out and do something. But now, like kids, you know, you don't even see them going outside to play anymore. So I don't know if it's like, I really want to see where the research came from. I want to know what the age groups are, what the demographics are, and this whole thing. What, are, what is what is the the cure for this? What is the alleged cure? Are they going to send them to therapy? Is there some kind of program for this? Is it there's I, I was reading there's some kind of like anti-gaming medications, and I would really like to know what those are because that that seems very um, you know is it like some special form of Adderall? I don't I don't know. So it's um, I don't know, man. Like what what are your thoughts on this? Because this kind of I read this article and I can't find a lot of information on it. And it's driving me nuts, but. I know you read the headlines. What do you think of all this?
0: Well, I definitely think it would make it a lot more serious in a lot of people's eyes that, hey, maybe this is something that can be considered really a a problematic issue and that people do need to start taking it seriously because people still, you still get people that laugh at off as far as, oh, he's played too many video games. (laughs) No problem. Well, We've, we used to say that about people that gambled too much and that gambling wasn't an issue or alcohol. And he's just having a few drinks. there's no problem that alcoholism wasn't a disease or excessive gambling wasn't a disease. It's something that you can get a buzz that you can get a high off of that if you get addicted to it, Can become very problematic because you are constantly looking for that rush. You're constantly looking for that high, and if gaming is what does it for you, and you become hooked on it, it can become a serious issue. D. There are people that have really have had their lives adversely affected by a substantial amount of excessive gaming, and and I'm not talking about you know if you play for a few hours a week or whatnot. I'm talking about those people that have just try to center their whole lives around gaming and that that's to me is just it's the world health organization recognizing it as a serious issue as a disorder could mean a, a signal that to a lot of individuals that are outside the gaming realm and to the general public that hey this is a serious problem and we do need to take it very seriously and and we do need to take it very carefully and we do need to apply resources in order to try and help people who have this disorder
3: no i completely agree with you but back to my original question though do you think that you know ever since the the loot box scandal video games have been getting a lot of not very good publicity and also i you know it's again it goes back do you think that it's it's the gate the fault of the developers the gamers or the parents because i feel like you know my nephew is 12 and he is absolutely obsessed Obsessed with mobile games and video games, and he anytime he comes over and he sees me playing a game, he's always like, he, he's obsessed with the violence in the game. And he's obsessed with telling me his brothers or friends are better than me at these games, and I really don't care. But it's, you know, all he wants to do is talk about games. And they give him cell phones, and he just sits there and plays mobile games all day. And he's got Netflix. He's got like four pad, like game pads lined up. Netflix on one, two other games on another. and He's playing his cell phone. I ask you, I mean, do you think, I, I personally, I'm I'm leaning towards bad parenting, but you know, that's, that's just, I, I don't want to make that judgment call.
0: But yeah, no, actually, I think you're, you're hit it right on the head that it is an issue with the parenting that they're not focused on better things. There's nothing wrong with gaming as a leisure thing to do for a little bit, but there's also when, when you're not paying attention to what's going on with your child's environment and having them focus way too much on gaming, I do believe it is a parental issue. But when it comes to older individuals in their late teens, early 20s, even older, that they become addicted to it, that's an issue of their own self-control because if that's the case, then if you can't stop, if you can't escape from that virtual reality, for lack of a better term, then there's issues there beyond it because not everybody who becomes addicted to gaming is going to be that preteen or anything like that nature. But I definitely agree with you. If it's that's the case and it's a younger individual evolved that cannot get off of the gaming spectrum, then you've really got some issues there as well as regards to what that family life is like. So I, I agree with you on that. The developer, you know what? These developers, they don't know if they're going to make something that's going to be addicting or not that that's that's something you can't predict because you can't that's like predicting as well that if this game is going to be a, a surefire hit or sure uh, or, or not so you can't 100 percent be accurate if this game is going to be a great game or a bad game when, when you release it or if it's going to become something that people would be addicted to so You only try to make a game that you think uh, an audience will be receptive to. So I don't know if I would be placing blame too much on the developers unless they they do create a game and, and they realize that there's a problem and they do nothing to fix it. If they don't do anything to help these issues, then... I will place some of the blame on these developers, but initially you can't blame it on developers for for developing a game like that because they don't even know in advance if their game is going to be receptive by a a large audience or not. What are your thoughts on the most likely impending decision that the World Health Organization will take in regards to gaming addiction? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well. Humanican Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well.
2: Myopia Your Childhood is so named because I believe we are short-sighted on the things we watched as kids. So every week we watch a movie that one of the panelists grew up watching and see if they hold up from comedy to cartoons, or to action. And for this season, the last Thursday of each month, we're doing a TV show in our Myopia Mornings segments. We watch Saturday morning cartoons and afternoon classics. So find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How will you stand when we put your past on trial? My Ophina Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter
0: Podcasting. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you standing by and waiting to hear with great suspense what our thoughts are on the best and worst in cinema in 2017. And I think it's been a good year, but it hasn't really been a standout year in, in movies as far as great allotment of movies i think there were some very very good very very strong movies but to me there was only really one wow movie but even that movie had a little bit of flaw here and there for the most part there were some very very good movies indeed plus there was also some bad movies but josh i want to ask you josh peterson from Humanic media what do you want to start off first the best or the worst in movies in 2017
3: well, let's go with the best. You want to do your top ten first? You want me to go?
0: You know what? You're you're my fellow host. I'll let you go first.
3: All right, because I have a feeling that we're gonna have a, at least two or three of the same ones on our top ten list. These are in no particular order, so don't you know gauge my interest in it. I have a hard time picking favorite movies these days. All right, so here we go. I got Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Loved it. Dunkirk. Not not the best movie, but I liked it more than. Most of the other stuff I watched. Baby Driver, loved it, despite the Kevin Spacey thing. Logan Lucky, loved it. Fantastic movie, hilarious. Probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, Logan, you know, seeing Hugh Jackman's last run as Wolverine was a, a real delight.
0: Possibly his last
3: run. Possibly, we'll see. There, I know Kevin is Kevin interested in bringing him back. So, uh, Alright, so I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Next, and then I got It, I got Wind River with Jeremy Renner and um, Elizabeth Olsen. Very good movie, very dark movie, very uh, startling in the way it portrays uh, actual statistics uh, when it comes to Native American reservations and those areas out there. Uh, I got Beauty and the Beast and then Thor Ragnarok.
0: Wow, okay, Very, uh, very impressive indeed. I will tell you for my for my list as far as the the top ten concern, is concerned here in a second. But I want to give honorary mention to Beauty and the Beast, The Big Sick, Logan Lucky, which I really liked. Daniel Craig's performance was just out of the park. I know it's going to be forgotten come Oscar time, but if it doesn't, tell you what he he was just tremendous in his part. Those were some honorary mentions. Uh, just missing out on my top ten. So let's go ahead with my top 10 list and i will start from the back to the front number 10 is baby driver wonder woman ladybird the relationship between the mother and ladybird herself those two characters just tremendous as far as the rapport that they they had with each other and definitely carries the film to definitely a top 10 status so definitely was a great film indeed Dunkirk is coming up at number seven for me. It's just uh, one of Christopher Nolan's better films. Uh, not his best, but definitely one of his better films. And the way it looped in and intersected three different time frames in the beginning to intersect with each other and actually loop into each other and then expand forward uh, during a, a major event taking place in World War II. Number six, Spider-Man Homecoming. I thought that was a great tribute to the 1980s John Hughes high school films, but it still managed to go ahead and create a lot of its own identity. I think it's a great kickstart for Sony and the Spider-Man films. And I think Michael Keaton was just very, very strong in his portrayal of the vulture as well. Number five, Logan. I I didn't expect a whole lot when going into it because I thought the Wolverine character for that sense, to me, uh, had already been played out. But they found a new way to to reinvigorate him, even though it was old man Logan. And now I want to see him again, hopefully at some point in time down the road, because Logan was such a great way to cap off the X-Men part of the series. Number four is the disaster artist james franco's performance as tommy was recreating the whole experience known as the room i watched the room ahead of time before the disaster Artist. you don't really need to you just need to be aware that the room is a really bad film i don't know why the room has has a garnered cult status well i guess I, I could say it's the same way that plan 9 from outer space has garnered cult status. I've watched both films, The Room and Plan 9 from Out of Space. I can tell you with certainty that The Room is the worst movie ever made. I don't know why people find charm in it, but hey, if that's your deal, you want to go to those late night showings, more power to you. But James Frankel's performance in the whole experience in making the film his life beforehand, how he meets up with Greg Sestero and and all that just definitely was, was a great, great piece of work and I, that I very much enjoyed it definitely is one of my top films of the year number three is John Wick 2 oh my gosh this was one of the best action films I've seen in years it's one of those rare sequels that out surpasses the the very 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 good original movie number two is Get Out uh, and on many levels this is probably going to be one of the best movies of the year considered by many other individual outlets and it should be up for many awards Because Get Out, not only being a great film in its own right, with a tinge of horror and all that, but also as well making very strong and poignant social statements. I I tell you what, I think it's just a very, very, very good film. And I was definitely surprised to see how well it translated onto a movie screen. And uh, number one film for me was Blade Runner 2049. As we've talked about before, during the month of October, Josh and I just were just overwhelmed by how great the film is. For me, it's one of my top 25 films of all time. It's going to go on that list somewhere. Not quite as, as great as the original Blade Runner. I think it runs a few minutes too long, but to me, there's like two, two plus hours there that surpasses anything else in cinema that I have seen this year. It's so beautiful to watch. The acting was top-notch. Harrison Ford's best performance in years, and just... Played out so strongly. Could not put it anywhere else but number one for me. That's my top list of the top 10 indeed. uh, uh, If you got thoughts on that from both Josh's and my perspective, you want to give us a shout out, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, GameSource, and humanity Media on Facebook and Twitter. But before we head on out, Josh, we've got the stinkers of the year. What is your worst five films... Of 2017
3: all right so uh, number one on my list I got the dark tower never have I seen a movie adaptation that has such rich source material be just turned into a flaming pile of garbage so number two I got alien covenant I had a love-hate relationship with that movie and then the more I thought about it, the more I realized I just didn't like it because instead of it, it suffered from the same thing that the Assassin's Creed games suffer from it gives us a little mini adventure, but it doesn't do anything to further the narrative. Number three on my list, I got Star Wars The Last Jedi. And I'm not saying that because I absolutely hated the movie. I'm It's on my list here because it was not what I was hoping it would be. And I know that, you know, we've talked about this. We've kind of beaten this to death, and it's going to make me super unpopular with a lot of people. But it's not the Star Wars that the true Star Wars fans deserve. All right, number four, I have Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I know we we talked about that one kind of being a stinker. They hyped it up like it was going to be this big, like, closing to these movies that I loved when I was a teenager. Went to go see it, and it really didn't... It was pretty much just Jack Sparrow being an idiot, and all of the the characters that had good storylines just ended up not doing their part, so... It was a very lazily made film that had a bunch of money dumped into it, and it was not good. Didn't tell a good story. Didn't have really anything. it was, it was a spectacle more than anything. All right, last on my list, I have Underworld Blood Wars. So I kind of grew up with the Underworld franchise, loved it. Kate Beckinsale's beautiful. It was not a good movie. They they had realized that they made some mistakes in the previous entries, and they tried to cover it up, but by doing that by trying to smooth it over, they kind of made things worse with the whole Scott Speedman situation and the thing with the daughter, and the uh, you know, all the various Game of Thrones characters backstabbing each other like they do in the show, and then just a hey, we don't know where to go with this, so we're gonna send you to a clan of ancient monk vampires, and you're gonna get turned into a super strong woman in white. And it, just, it didn't make sense, is very lazy, and you know, they should have ended the franchise after Evolution. Now, Gerald, I ask you, what is on your stinker list?
0: Some honorary mentions for the worst movie of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, War for the Planet of the Apes. I fell asleep during it, and that's pretty much what you can use as a precursor. I know people like it. I know people think it's a strong movie, a way to close out the series. I just was bored by it. I've not been into the Planet of the Apes series too much, and this won't get me back into watching the others as well. So... I'm going to go from back to front again. We'll start off with The Mummy. Uh, I saw it in the theaters. I got an advance showing to it, and I was regretting waiting at all in in line for for this advance showing because it was Tom Cruise running. It was Tom Cruise yelling. It was Tom Cruise smarmy. It just basically was a paint-by-the-numbers Tom Cruise movie thrown in with a little bit of basically a boring movie from beginning to finish. And basically, how can you have a movie... Start off a franchise and simultaneously kill off a franchise. Watch The Mummy and find out. Number four is Geostorm. All I got to say to everybody out there, the movie is called Geostorm. Need I say more? Number three, and this is a movie I thought that would be on your top ten list because you loved it so much. But number three, and this for a while was the number one movie going away, and I was surprised that it didn't stay there. But number three is King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Wrong, wrong, It wrong. wasn't on your top 10, man. Gerald, you're confused, man. You're confused. No, no, go sorry. ahead, just take a
3: minute to re rewrite that list.
0: Okay, I've had my time. Number three, I'll make it higher if you want. Number <laughs> three, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. It was just really from point A to point Z, just a horrible film. CGI was bad and fake. The love story, budding love story between King Arthur and whatnot, it just really just not going to go anywhere. Just... It was volatile and toxic at times. Uh, no chemistry at all. The camera work that tried to emulate The Revenant, I'm like, oh man, I've seen this before. It is, just don't do it. Please don't do it. And like I said, the CGI was bad. The story was bad. and, and just It was just overall just a, a lackluster experience, which I won't soon forget. And that definitely provided me with number three. But there were movies actually worse than King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. And I'm telling you, i thought that was going to be higher up on your top 10 list man what happened you were so in love with it when you it first came out
3: i actually forgot about it that was my bad <laughs> <laughs> wow
0: well, it left such a mark with you didn't it number two is the emoji movie and i watched it with my daughter and i'm glad she enjoyed it but it is definitely not a movie for any adult to watch because it's just definitely not worth your time uh, it's a movie about emojis, and you need know, I say more? Uh, you really you tried to stretch out a story for 90 minutes. It was just very hard to do so, and using product placement and app placement all over the place didn't help at all. And as far as trying to get anybody above the age of 12 to get interested into it, and number one is another kids' movie. And I'm sorry to say this to my daughters, I love you, but Smurfs: The Lost Village. I did fall asleep on that one too it even puts the smurfs movies to shame so let's put it that way uh, just a a horrible experience from beginning to end and definitely not even very very well made not even very well animated i hope it made Sony money but it, it, to me it i don't think it did because it just represents what's all bad about not taking a kid's movie very seriously and not trying to create a good product for it and you're just pushing it out there and seeing what sticks so, Definitely uh, thought Smurfs The Lost Village was the number one worst movie of the year. So if you got a chance to you know, share your thoughts on the worst movies of the year, you just have to let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, PopCultureCosmos, semantic media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? No, I think that uh covers it, man. Hopefully
3: 2018 is a little bit uh a little bit better in the world of movies.
0: Well, definitely, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we're going to be excited in in pop culture in 2018. So definitely want to get a hold of that when, on our episode on coming up on Monday, New Year's Day. Also, as well, we're going to be talking about the best in video games and a lot more when we talk on Monday. So definitely looking forward to that indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford who didn't like King Arthur as well as Josh Peterson did. Sorry. What are you going to say? You're wrong. <laughs>
3: it it wasn't worth a top five worst movies of the year. I definitely of, think it was. Of all the garbage that came out this year, you chose King Arthur. You're no.
0: messing with me, man. No, I'm not messing with you at all. It was <laughs> It's something I will definitely click on buy when I when it comes to broadcast television, probably next week because it's that bad of a movie. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you so much for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great
2: day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and
0: beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com
5: Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for
3: listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Alright, welcome back to the only podcast on the interwebs. We've been busy researching life and what it means and guess What? 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 We still haven't figured it out because all we do is uh, look at memes and adult stuff all day. All right. Uh, Porn. Anyway, welcome back to another episode blinds, of Topic Ocalypse where four, sometimes more, individuals sit around a table talking about things they may or may not know anything about. Not. If black. you like that, you can t- uh, you can watch the entire or listen to the entire show on Patreon. How soon, Daniel? Once Josh gets it up. Exactly. <laughs> no, <a> he <laughs> <wasn't here. laughs> no, double entendre. Nice. I think we should start giving each other points. Like, we should have a point system for no, double entendres. It'll
1: get, get out of hand. <laughs> and oh, there's 10, oh, 000, oh, there's no. Oh, thank you. That's two. And with right.
3: 10,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys know the spiel. Uh, we got a uh, game, another game. This is a bonus game. A bonus bonus game. game.
5: So, I watch a couple of other YouTube channels, and they do like top tens, and you have to guess which order they go in. And since we're just before the holidays This is the holiday episode. Christmas.
3: Ooh Christmas.
5: We're going to do the top ten popular holiday songs as as chosen by Billboard back in two thousand sixteen. Okay. Pretty recent. Okay. December 7, um, December seventh,
1: twenty sixteen. Is Cardi B on there? Uh,
5: yes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she was doing Christmas around the Christmas cheer center or something like that. Probably because her shoes are red <laughs> bottoms or something Milking like that. Chokey. She is she's horrible. That's what happens when someone that's internet famous becomes real famous. She was like Instagram, and then all of a sudden decided she could rap, just like the
2: I can rap,
5: just like the Cash Me I'll side wear girl. My hair mm-hmm. back she's got her own fall. songs. That's where Justin Bieber came from. Well, Justin Bieber was Justin, at least has talent. I thought was talent. a Disney singer. No, no, no. He was Usher found
1: a... him on the internet. Yeah. Well, that's uh, thanks, Usher. That's yeah, creepy because that. Usher is checking out young boys on the internet. What else is he doing? Allegedly. Well, Nelly's Allegedly. checking out
3: young girls on the internet. So Allegedly. that's very true. <laughs> um Hey, but what's his uh, Panic at the Disco? Same thing. Like they Brandon got noticed Uri, off yeah. the off the old YouTubes as well. Two of you, All right. Yeah. Well, tell us what, what what are we doing here?
5: All right. So what you guys need to do is number your papers in front of you, one to ten. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you these names of the songs and artists in random order, and you will put them down where you think they are. Once we get through all 10, you can make changes if you want, and then we'll go over them in actual order, and we'll see who actually knows Christmas music better. So if I, oh, I so hate gonna Christmas lose. music, so can so I
3: lose. just have one answer if I put Twisted Sister, all of them? No. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry.
5: Their Carol of the Bells doesn't make the list. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Because they're not going anything from
1: the Trans-Siberian Orchestra on that there list? There is one, yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. That'll be number one. All right. No, I don't think right. so. So
5: let's go ahead and start. The first one I'll give you is Last Christmas by Wham.
1: Oh. I wish we could play a little sample. Yeah. I wish we could
5: too, but I'd rather not get taken down. Thanks.
1: Yeah. No, this is a bone. Oh, this, this is on Patreon. We <laughs> definitely get? get paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last Christmas?
5: Last Christmas by Wham.
3: Okay.
1: Don't cheat off
3: my paper. Let me know when you guys are ready. Look, I need my, to put my textbooks up so you guys don't see what I'm writing.
5: <laughs> right? How do you spell wham? W h a m.
3: Wham. wham. Oh, oh, that's the part. Part. I spelled it w a a m. I was gonna say. I thought it
5: was. I thought it was a, a abbreviation for something. All right, you guys ready?
1: Yeah. Next one is,
5: is Christmas Eve, Sarah Haybo, twelve twenty four by Trans Siberian Orchestra. Bam. Say that again. Christmas Eve, okay, by Trans Siberian Orchestra TSO, As the
1: people in the know column. There's a guy by my house who has uh, like broadcast whatever, yeah, and his lights sync up to. I always bells. Oh, wanted God. to do oh, that.
3: I, I wanted, love that. So I want to do that to August Burns Red Christmas CD. <laughs> that takes so <laughs> long. I w- I wouldn't even be done by New Year's. <laughs> Sweet.
5: Okay, you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Could you spell that? Feliz, F E L I Z. I'm just going to write the song. Navidad. Yeah, you don't have to put the artist if you don't want to. Because none of them are. None of them repeat? No. Okay. Because I should have thrown that out there. Ready? Yep. The Christmas song, Merry Christmas to You by Nat King Cole. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. (sighs) Oof. Is Rudolph anywhere on this list? No.
3: Okay. Neither of the Beach Boys, unfortunately. I was playing a trivia game yesterday at my family Christmas party, and that was actually the most uh, popular Christmas song of all time.
1: Whoa, hint.
3: He said it's, it's not, not on the here, list. So. Oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just put Rudolph for every answer. I figured I'd get one of <laughs> right. them. That, how'd that work out for you? Uh, not, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> it hasn't TBD. yet.
1: TBD? <laughs> all right, next one.
5: All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Ooh.
1: Oh.
3: We're a very accepting podcast.
5: Yes, we love you. We love you all apparently. No doubt.
3: But on a side note, have you ever listened to the uh the actual recording of her vocals for All I Want for Christmas? It's terrible. <laughs> all I Want so... for Christmas is
1: someone who can carry
3: a tune <laughs> Jeez. without auto, Just,
5: without the auto version of it.
1: Tone deaf like Helen Keller. God.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did how did it's like, it's, know? Like, it's, like, it's like playing Marco Polo with Helen Keller. That's uh, Josh's favorite joke. <laughs> no, 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 how, no, no, how did Helen Keller's parents punish her? They moved the furniture around.
5: <laughs> oh No, you should hear
1: Josh's sound effects cringles. of playing Marco Polo with Helen Keller.
5: Marco. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, this That's one! That's the one drowning. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
5: I apologize. Continue. I was actually going towards the Family Guy episode, but all right, cool. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms.
1: Ooh. Just make a note.
3: Jingle I bell, I, jingle bell, I plan on getting none of these right.
1: So, <laughs> Jingle All the Way, the best Christmas movie out there.
5: I thought it was Elf. I oh, was we, Christmas. We, I thought we were decade, talking about or, Die Hard. Christmas, one the best story, Christmas, Christmas
3: movie. Hold on. It's Turbo Time. It's Turbo Time. I remember when he gets the educational version, the educational knockoff. Yeah.
5: <laughs> 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 All right. Next is Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. Is, is Carly Rae Jepsen on this list? Jespin? No, but Jepson might be. Ooh. No, I'm Ooh. kidding. She's not. It's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams.
1: Oh, already got my order right. <laughs>
5: That's what I said. You can change them after you get done with the last one,
3: which is coming up next. Okay, what's the last one? White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Hey, we can't say that on this show. Sorry. We're a podcast, all right? We can <laughs> say whatever we want. Okay, can we change order now? You can
5: change your order if you so choose. Oh, the Ducks just beat the Hurricanes. Do too?
3: Oh, like we didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, the
1: Kings fan is sitting at a Ducks game. Voluntarily.
5: Well,
3: if you get free tickets, I'd go, too. Do you see
5: Speaking it? of which, we're going to the, yeah, oh, the yeah, 27th yeah, I, I, of the Golden Knights versus Ducks. I owe you some money. Yes, you do. Go ahead and take it off of the Patreon monies
3: <laughs> that you give me. Guys, if you could please donate to Patreon so I could pay Daniel back, that would be fantastic. That's so embezzlement. What did Justin and I get out of that? <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's the joy of being around me and Josh for three
1: hours. <laughs> <laughs> You've been here for 45 minutes. Exactly like I said. The joy of <laughs> three hours of just. It's of condensed. It's condensed. 20 this. years with him. It's condensed, this episode. <laughs> and you didn't get paid either. Did it you? Was, no, it was a joint. I had effort. to pay. All right, I'm nice. set. I'm, right, I'm going to win. You guys set? Let's do this. All right. All right. So, what, do we get one point for each one correct? One point for each one do correct. Do we get minus one if it's wrong? No.
5: They're okay. not subtracting because I can tell you right now someone's losing a lot of points well, to my right. The, okay, <laughs> a lot. <what? laughs> and Josh, Josh is to my right. <laughs> I don't see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number ten, "Last Christmas" by Wham.
1: Woo! One point.
5: That's one point for Brian. Number nine, "It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year" Two by Andy Williams. For Brian. Yes, got hell? it.
1: <laughs> Felice Navidad.
5: Number eight, "White Christmas" by Bing Crosby.
1: Oh. Racially insensitive.
5: So how so <laughs> how are Big Dog and Josh doing so far? Zero. I've got one
1: point. Zero. Josh, you're cheating. Besides the <laughs> one on top of your head. <laughs> who, do, who am I going to cheat off of? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, Christmas Eve by Trans-Siberian
3: Orchestra.
1: Woo! More points.
5: Number six, Holly Jolly Christmas that by <laughs> I got one. I got one. <laughs>
3: Brian, I think you should put Google away.
5: Number no, f- dude. Look, I got nothing. Number five, which is Felice Navidad, Nobody.
1: Okay. Okay. Nope,
5: nothing. Number four, Jingle Bell Rock dude, by Bobby Helms. I'm not
1: joking. Look at this.
5: <laughs> number three, All I Want for Christmas. The Christmas Song, no! Merry Christmas to You by Nat King Cole.
1: Okay.
5: Number two, Rock around. Rocking Around the Christmas dude, Tree by it. Brenda one Lee. One I got two. And number one is All I Want for Christmas Is You by Get Mariah. The hell so out scary. Here. You you forgot how many points I got there. Let's see, Brian. He, you see, so go with one was wrong. Two, you have rocking around, because you did change it. Smart move. That's one point. How the hell is Mariah Carey the number one song? Question, Four. are
3: we grading on a curve?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Turn
1: to the left.
3: It was cold out. I don't know if you're complimenting yourself when you say something I'm not like that. <laughs> a, geez,
1: the, I got it right. You missed, you've like, missed your, like three. Yeah. I yeah, you like your Christmas songs. Dude, you know what's funny is I hate Christmas music. Because, I because grew up, you know it so much? No, because I grew up in orchestras as a band nerd, and so we would play the same Christmas songs every year like for five different shows every year. And what, so we got you sick of act all that. like there's
3: only like 15 different Christmas songs. There's like six, <laughs> and they're the worst. <laughs> all
5: right, but, do you guys want to do one more top ten? Yeah, bring it. Okay. All right.
1: I'm defending my title. Flip your pages
5: over. <laughs> We're going to do the top ten. I'm going to write them down One-hit wonders... According to this Rolling Stone article, from what the heck did I just do? Top ten. All right. From one-hit one wonders. I don't know when it's from. Oh, May fourth, two thousand eleven. <laughs> oh, that, so we're, so not, we're going not gonna old get school. We're not gonna get. Call me maybe. We're not gonna get Friday by Rebecca Black.
1: Okay, but we're going to, You're still. Going to, there's gonna be like a And I Run from like Flux Eagles. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Cool. Teenage Dirtbag.
3: Yeah. I'm just a teen. That was actually a really good song. I know I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> still a one-hit wonder. I still, it's still a good song.
5: Ball with the ball.
1: T- is that considered? A t- 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 no, t- he had multiple. <laughs> <laughs> he had multiple <laughs> ones. <laughs> he had multiple
5: one-hit <laughs> wonders. All right,
1: because All right. He's, All right. He's, he's cocky and he can said rock what? for office. All, right, let's All
3: go. right,
5: ready? Yep. First one: Chumba Wumba, Tumba Thumping. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> Chubba Wama, <laughs> soundtrack to my life.
3: Are we guessing like what order they're in? Yes. Or is it just like what? Okay. We not... could even Top guess 10. what year they came out and I'd
1: get it wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, 19- 1997 for that. 97, okay.
5: All right, next we're going to go Blind Melon, No Rain.
1: I don't even know if I know that. One. I don't even know that one.
5: All I can say is that my life it's is pretty, pretty plain. plain. Oh, okay. The like Bumblebee brain. Girl.
1: It's okay. It's
5: okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Next, The Vapors, Turning Japanese. Ooh. Next is Question Mark of the Mysterians, 96 Tears.
1: Nailed it. <laughs>
5: Next, we're going to go Soft Cell, Tainted Love, mm. which is actually a remake.
1: Tainted Love.
3: <laughs> Didn't Marilyn Manson also remake that song? Yes.
5: Which goes back to, never mind, we're not going to go back to three
1: episodes ago. <laughs> um, that one just posted, by the way. Yes, I know. I enjoyed Ooh. that one thoroughly. By the way, if you want to catch the latest episodes of Topic Apocalypse, it's now on iTunes. Yeah. now on iTunes. iTunes
5: and also on YouTube. The, oh, that's right. And Facebook. The
3: YouTubes, yeah. and, and the and Book Facebook. of Faces.
5: Next, In a Big Country by Big Country. I actually haven't even heard of this song. Exactly. That was a one-hit wonder. Trust me. Don't
1: tear my heart. My keep Not, breaking. He heart. had a couple
5: other ones. Yeah, couple Isn't other that, it wasn't Billy Ray? Yeah. Yes. They remade that song into a hip-hop version. And it's like on a, and yes, it's, they did. And it's on a yes, spaceship, and he's in it. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Look it up. I saw it a few years ago, and Can I cried see, laughing. Can you like send a
3: link in the group chat? I will send it to you, uh, yes. Is that like Jason 10 when he was in space? Oh, dear God. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Next, Aha, Take On Me. Yep. Come on, Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runner. Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Oh,
1: that's a good song. hmm I was like, I haven't heard of any of these people. That's why they're one-hit wonders yeah. guess <laughs> You have heard of Spirit in the Sky. No, I haven't heard Norm. Oh. I didn't know that his name.
5: Cover the, the song. And the last for your top ten to choose from. Foxy. My Sharona by The Knack.
3: Oh, Alright, I gotta get at least two. I'm gonna rem-
1: I'm gonna change to put come on Eileen just above blind melon. So when you
5: all are ready, wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. Alright. Big big dog's still trying to count to ten.
1: Yeah,
2: I can take my shoes off. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I went to dinner with someone who had four fingers on each hand and it was tripping me out. Was it well, Jason I'm... Pierre Paul?
5: No. Oh the giant's blowing his hands fireworks off playing suck. fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm ready. Okay. All right. I don't no. know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> right now. All right, grab your pen. Pen. All right, number 10. The Vapor's Turning Japanese.
1: Oh, oh yeah! Man. Got it! <laughs> I'm good at this.
5: Number nine Number nine Spirit is 96 Tears by Question Mark and Mysterians. Okay, missed. Uh, number eight. Tom. No. Oh. Chumbo Wumba Tub Thumping. Oh.
1: God, I thought that was at least top five. I would have too. I have it number four.
5: Number seven, Blind Melon, Woo! No Rain. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm terrible at this. Number six. Big Country. The Knack, My Sharona.
1: I thought that was, I I was sure that was like number one.
5: Number five, Tainted Love by Soft Cell.
1: I got two right so far.
5: Number four, In a Big Country by Big Country. Nope. Nope. Number three, Spirit in the Sky. Oh, I
1: had that originally and I crossed it out.
5: Number two is Come on Eileen by Dex's Midnight Runner. Mm-hmm which leaves number one as AHA take on me. I got minus...
1: I got zero. All got, of them. I got three. I got zero. You
5: both are horrible. You both didn't get... Yeah. Oh, you got one or two no. last time?
1: I got two last time. I quit. This I game is rigged, and I yeah, don't want to play anymore. Ryan is the winner. <laughs> at least somebody won at this game. Last game,
5: nobody Somebody won. was winning, yeah. We were just won. giving. We,
3: yeah, Josh just gave pity points last time. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I won last game, I like to say. You Your dignity it, did, you did not. not. <laughs> <laughs> I won in laughter. <laughs> your pride right. got principle. last place. <laughs> <laughs> my pride. He, he got the, yeah. he got, he got my,
5: the participation trophy of the night. My pride went
1: home.
3: All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Brian, where can they catch us?
1: Uh, you can catch us on all your regular podcast outlets, uh, Podbean, podcast.com, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, as well as YouTube, Facebook. Uh, you can also follow us uh, at Topic Topicocalypse on Twitter. We'll post the latest links to the episodes the we put up, as well know. as... You can email us at topicocalypse at gmail.com. Uh, send us any questions, comments, uh, things you love, things you hate. Uh, Usually Josh is what you hate, but it's okay. Yeah.
3: A- oh. I know all the Twitters. Yes.
1: Yeah, check us out. Did you just all right,
3: guys. Hey, Merry Christmas.
1: Yes, this is a holiday episode. Have a very Merry Christmas. Be safe. Yell at people on the
3: road.
5: Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa.
3: Happy all things. And remember, sweatshirts with Christmas lights attached to them don't count as ugly sweaters. It's a fire hazard. It is a fire hazard. And a happy new
1: year.
2: That's uh, to us, people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.